You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you on today's show. We're going to talk all things SEC with our buddy Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South. And let's not waste any time. Let's just jump right into it and talk with our buddy Connor. Connor, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. You know, they say that May is the slowest month of the year in college football, but I feel like there's just so much to talk about right now with playoff expansion, with the draft, with way too early mock drafts that I just consume way too much of. So I'm not exactly poo-pooing the idea that May is the slowest month in the college football calendar. Well, let me start with the big shocking news that just happened this week. ESPN's off-season power rankings they moved Alabama out of the number one spot and put Oklahoma in there this week. Shocking. I mean, that's got to be a direct <laughs> result of Mike Woods going from Arkansas to Oklahoma. So in a way, it's kind of like the SEC is impacting the number one spot in the power rankings. At least that's what I would think, right? <laughs> it is interesting. Though. Like, I know we're, we're here to talk all things SEC, but – uh, Oklahoma will be an interesting team to watch. I mean, one, they bring back one of the, the top quarterbacks in the country in Spencer Rattler, but like, there's a lot of SEC guys on that team now with like a handful of guys from Tennessee, like you said, Mike Woods going over there. So like as SEC fans, we're going to kind of watch Oklahoma from afar since they got so many former SEC guys over there now. It's almost like Lincoln Riley said, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> and Lord knows he can't beat them at this point just yet, but I, I still can't quite get there with the Spencer Rattler buzz. And I wonder how much of it really was sparked by what he did in the Cotton Bowl. And don't get don't get it twisted. I mean, kid is darn good. He's talented. Everybody's been really high on him pretty much since he was coming out of high school. All that. Totally understand it. But I'm not quite there that he's going to be the, the consistent guy to lead that charge. And I've had to try to talk myself into Oklahoma a little bit more than probably most have. And I'm sipping the Iowa State Kool-Aid maybe a little bit too much. But it does seem like Lincoln Riley's been really active in the transfer portal. And credit to him because, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of very attractive and, and you know, I, I think impactful guys coming from SEC teams who, I, I you know, you look at the rankings that Bruce Feldman had, those top 50 uh, players that, that have come out of the transfer portal, some of which are still in there. Like, oh man, this is there are a lot of SEC departures that are going to be really significant in college football this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It you know the tie in the Oklahoma tie. Like we we saw Florida get beat down in that bowl game, and I can't tell you how many people I had to tell over these last couple weeks leading up to the draft. Like people remember Kyle Trask in that game. And they forget he was without Kyle Pitts. He was without Kadarius Tony. He was without all his weapons. And I keep telling people like who were poo pooing on on Kyle Trask leading up to the draft. I said, guys, go back and watch his first seven, oh. eight, nine games. Like he was a he was lights out last year in the SEC. And I just feel like you know with the draft, like people were uh, they they were forgetting how good Kyle Trask was all year. I heard this point brought up, and I think it was Ryan Rosillo who made the point that. What if, and this is a very big what if, but what if Kyle Trask had beat Mac Jones in the SEC championship, which, 
wasn't really like that far off from happening. I mean, a play here, a play there. They hung with Alabama in that game. What if Kyle Trask had won that game? Would he have been around one guy? I mean, I think there's a decent possibility because then, you know, with the opt-outs, the way that that all fell, I think you're talking about a much different Florida team that would have only had the two losses and maybe they feel a little bit robbed because they didn't get into the playoff because I don't think they still would have gotten into the playoff even though they beat Alabama. But, you know, the question I have is like, why, why did we get so caught up in that end of season stuff with Kyle Trapp knowing the moving pieces? Because the last time I saw that guy on the field with his full arsenal, he was darn good. And I get it. Look, the LSU game happens, but it, they don't have that thrown shoe in that game, and Kyle Trask wins that game, which, again, he has no responsibility over Marco Wilson throwing a shoe into the night air and the night fog in Gainesville. How differently would we be talking about him? Because I just feel like people dismissed him and say, oh, you know, it was this weapon, it was that weapon. Yet at the same time, you know, we, we dismiss it when it comes to Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. But with Kyle Trask, you know, maybe part of it's the recruiting ranking. Maybe it's part of the, the fact that he got to play – in an offense designed by Dan Mullen. And I, I don't know, but I just felt like people were late, way too low on him in the draft process. And I felt like I wanted to bang the drum as much as possible. The, we just saw the draft over the weekend. 65 SEC players drafted a new uh, modern era draft record. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways, I guess, from the SEC other than basically they're two steps away from renaming the NFL draft the SEC draft? You know what's crazy, though, is that we all talk about the streak, and it's the 15th consecutive year that the SEC has done this. And for a lot of us, we don't really remember a time in which the SEC wasn't doing this. But if you look back at when this streak began, which was 2007, throughout the entire time of this streak, the SEC has had at least one first-round offensive or defensive lineman. And there were serious questions coming into this year about whether or not the SEC was going to have a first-round offensive or defensive lineman. Now, that was taken care of, and uh, maybe a little bit of a reach for Alex Leatherwood at 17 there. But, you know, it's interesting because the SEC was going to dominate the first round no matter what. But then you look at the way in which it dominated, and now it's receivers, it's quarterbacks. And, you know, everybody knows about, you know, all of the talent that Alabama's had at those positions, of course. But it's not even just that. I mean, even a guy like Kadarius Toney, who is the fourth receiver taken in the draft, which nobody would have expected that coming into 2020, given what his volume had been. And he was this home run play kind of can never get enough touches type of guy. But I just think the complexion of the league has changed so much to where now, you know, include a guy like Kyle Pitts as well. We now value pass catching and, you know, passing game options in the sec so much more. And the emphasis on developing that talent is just at a much, much different place than it was, you know, even as recently as five years ago. And we almost saw that play out. But, you know, the SEC is going to is going to SEC, and it's always going to have at least some sort of line and come off the board on night one. More with Connor O'Gara right after this. RockAuto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to RockAuto.com right now, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They got everything you need from tail lamps, motor oil, uh, windshield wipers, new carpet, you name it. They've got it. 
Everything you need, just a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, very easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose from the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. Why would you go across town and pay twice as much at some some of these auto parts stores when you get it sent to your door for much cheaper? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need. They're rockauto.com. Roll along here, Locked On SEC, talking all things SEC, and our special guest from SaturdayDownSouth.com, Connor O'Gara. Connor, the uh, SEC spring practice is all wrapped up just uh, in these last couple weeks. We saw the spring games and all that. What was your biggest, uh, I guess, storyline or two coming out of uh, spring practice in the SEC? I think you could look at a place like Georgia and assume that the George Pickens news was going to be the biggest coming out of the spring, but I don't necessarily think that that makes or breaks what George is trying to become this year, which is of course, ending the 1980 jokes. That was the big news, but I was interested in a lot of these different quarterback battles and I've formed a lot of opinions over what's a very different looking, um, you know, passing game group. I think across the sec, we're now, 10 of 14 SEC teams are either going to have a new offensive coordinator or a new starting quarterback. That is a lot of change on the offensive side of the ball. And it was interesting to kind of see some of these new look guys. I was interested to see Haynes King and KJ Jefferson. And, you know, what were these guys going to do in a spring game? And for the most part, I came away impressed. But the Mike Woods thing is probably the most underrated big storyline of the SEC at least in spring, because of what he was going to bring to the table for that Arkansas team, complimenting Traylon Burks and what they're trying to build in year two of the Sam Pittman era with Kendall Bryles running that offense. I know there was so much potential for him to be able to have that big year. And Michael Bratton's been banging the drum for a while saying that's the best deep threat in the SEC. At least he was until he transfers to Oklahoma. But I thought that was just such a big storyline. And, you know, I think that's probably not going to get enough credit nationally. But if we're sitting here talking about Oklahoma in the playoffs, you know, come come December, and we're talking a lot about Mike Woods, we're going to look back and be like, wow, we probably should have made a little bit bigger deal of that. Yeah, I thought watching the spring games, too, you, you mentioned some of the quarterbacks. Like, I, I mean, and we'll see how it all plays out. We'll still have, you know, the late summer and then into the fall before, uh, you know, as teams start to gear up for the season. But, like, I thought Will Rogers got outplayed in the spring game. I thought yep. Connor Basilak maybe got outplayed. I even thought, you know, Miles Brennan, look, he's been at LSU for like 30 years now, but, you know, Max Johnson made some throws that Miles Brennan didn't in that spring game. And again, it's just a spring game, take it for what it is. But that stood out to me that maybe these guys that we've got penciled in as starters at quarterback may not be there start come fall. It could be. And it's tough to look too far into a spring game. You know, I, I thought that listening to the broadcast of the Texas A&M game where Greg McElroy is saying that Zach Calzada has totally eliminated the gap between himself and Haynes King. I wasn't fully on board with that just because I think so much of what Haynes King brings to the table from an athleticism standpoint, doesn't really get a chance to showcase in a spring game where he's one hand touch, but you're right. I mean, I thought there were some interesting nuggets that sort of shook out with these quarterback battles and the Will Rogers, Jack Abraham thing is going to be fascinating because 
Jack Abraham comes in as this guy from Southern Miss who, you know, Mike Leach, you thought maybe last year he had his guy with Will Rogers. And at the same time, they have brought in so many different quarterbacks to try and run this offense, which in year one, it was, I made the comparison before. It's kind of like when you watch those shows on HGTV and they, the, the couple or the family, whatever it is, is living through the renovation in the house. <laughs> and they're just like trying to move out drywall to get to a bowl to be able to make cereal in the morning. That was what it looked like for Mississippi State last year. And now this year, Mike Leach knows, look, the year two bump, yeah, that's happened at Washington State. That happened at Texas Tech, but it can't fail. And if you don't have that year two bump, it's going to be really, really ugly. This is the same place that fired Joe Moorhead after year two. And so he's trying to do whatever he can to make sure that he has options at quarterback. And I don't think he's going to play favorites at all, especially since Will Rogers wasn't even his recruit. So I'm very interested to see how that all plays out. More with Connor O'Gara right after this. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We know that uh, baseball season is in full swing. We got uh, the NBA winding down, NBA playoffs right around the corner. Tons of sports action that you can bet on, and you can do it all at betonline.ag. Get all the sports news, odds, and info for all your sporting news, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even UFC and MMA action before the next game. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information, tons of stuff they got there for you. And best of all, if you use our promo code that is locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to their website. You can do so on your mobile device. Sign up today. Use the code locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Continue to talk all things SEC, particularly looking ahead to next SEC football season with our buddy Connor O'Gara, Saturday down south. After what you saw in the spring, I mean, is it still kind of, I think most people are assuming we're looking at a Georgia-Alabama SEC championship in Atlanta. A lot can change. You know, Ole Miss could surprise some people. LSU in the east, maybe Florida finds, you know, spark plug and Emory Jones. But did anything change your mind, at least right now, looking at it from the outside, that it's going to be Alabama-Georgia, or are you not ready to commit to those two teams? No, I'm ready to commit to them. It's boring. <laughs> I get it. It's really boring. I know you'd love it if I'd said something else. I'll say this, though, and I've gone on record already saying I think Georgia's going to win the SEC this year. And I didn't necessarily let my my reaction to the George Pickens news change that. Now, if Jermaine Burton had gone down as seriously as they were originally thinking, then if, you know, Kyrus Jackson is also going down, whatever the case, if they're all of a sudden losing like their three top receivers, then we can change that conversation. But as of right now, I like so much of what Georgia has working in its favor, despite the fact that from a defensive production standpoint, it's, it's really going to test them and what Kirby Smart has built and I know having Jordan Davis on the defensive line is so huge for them and the transfer, you know, the defensive back from West Virginia is going to be really important as well. But I think that JT Daniels 
taking his game to the next step this year. It's just as good of a storyline as any in college football. And we're going to find out from the jump with that game against Clemson, a game that could be a little bit of a repeat with Alabama, Florida State back in 2017, where they kick off the season as one versus three. Might have that exact scenario play out with Clemson being number one, Georgia number three. Who knows? Maybe Georgia's going to work its way up to number two. I know Cole Kubelik said he's going to have them as his number one team in the country. But, yeah, I, I think that Georgia has the firepower offensively to make it work. I think from a skill position standpoint, they just have so many weapons. And right now, I can't sit here today and say that anyone in the division is on their level. This is a schedule that they should be able to run the table with in conference play. Now, what happens in that Clemson game? I, you know, I wouldn't really bet against the Tigers, especially with what they have returning on defense, which is basically everyone back. But I think that Georgia winning an SEC championship this year is very much in the cards. I'm with you, and I don't think that Clemson game. Look, it'll be a fun game to hype the season up with. But if Georgia loses that game, they they've still got everything to play in front of them. I think if they run the table, you win the SEC, you win the SEC championship game. Like you're going to be in the playoff regardless. Now you may not be the one seed, but uh, you know the game against Clemson. It'll be fun to see both teams put all their cards on the table. But at the end of the day, losing that game is not going to end the the season for either team. That said, Connor, I, I've been very high on JT Daniels too. I think he is. You know, obviously he's going to be the reason that Georgia takes that next step this year. But I get asked this question. I've got asked this question a couple times this offseason. I want to pose it to you. Somebody asked me, "Is JT Daniels the best quarterback in the SEC?" And my retort is, that depends. Like, what are you looking for? Because I think at the end of the year, we're probably going to look at Matt Corral's going to end up leading the SEC in passing. He may end up leading the SEC in touchdowns. So, like, that's a little misconceiving, right? Stats don't always equal best. It, it just means you put up a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. But if somebody asks you who's the best quarterback in the SEC right now, how would you answer it? I'll answer this question in two ways for you. If you're asking me if I could pick one SEC quarterback right now to go win me a game played tomorrow, I'm taking Matt Corral. Matt Corral would be my guy. And I love the way that he has responded, even in those games when he has five-plus interceptions. I think the fact that he is still out there slinging it is so impressive. And I know people are going to look at those games and say those should be demerits, but for me, that's actually kind of a positive. And I love what he's done within that offense And, you know, talking to him last year where he said it was so difficult to get that offense down and he had to come in for these 5.30 a.m. film sessions that he just started doing because he knew how important this opportunity was with Lane Kiffin, with Jeff Levy. I would take Matt Corral right now just because I think some of the footwork stuff in the pocket is still really good. Kirby talked about that with JT Daniels in the spring game about how he still kind of gets pushed back a little bit in the pocket. And you kind of remember that he doesn't have the full – amount of reps that one in his position you would typically think as a fourth-year guy. But I think JT Daniels still has the best chance to be the first-team All-SEC quarterback in season's end. And I'll, I'll push back a tiny bit on the Matt Corral numbers debate because I think Ole Miss's defense should be better this year. I don't think they're going to be a good SEC defense, but I think they should at least be mediocre, somewhat mediocre. They can flirt with that. And you're not going to need to see Matt Corral air it out 50 times in the way that you did last year. So that's going to maybe dial his numbers back a smidge. So I think JT Daniels is the guy who at season's end has that opportunity to make that step because of the weapons around him, because of the intangibles, because we what we've seen from him in Todd Munkin's offense. I would say that JT Daniels would probably be my, my prediction to finish as the first-team All-SEC quarterback. But if you're asking me who deserves to start there, 
give me Matt Corral. Yeah, and because we said all that, Jack Abraham will lead the SEC in passing this year. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. Connor, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Let our uh, listeners know what you got working at uh, SaturdayDownSouth.com. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. We got uh, we got a lot right now. You know, I said May is the slow time of year, but SaturdayDownSouth.com, we just never stop cranking out content. And if you want a place where you can get all that content, maybe you're not big on social media, I cannot recommend the Saturday Football Newsletter enough. All you got to do is you go into your browser, you punch in Saturday.Football. That's it. No .com needed. And it's going to get all the stories, all the big headlines in the sport going on, sent to your email. It's free. You don't have to do anything other than that and it just shows up in your inbox and you can become an informed college football fan cannot recommend it enough and of course the uh, saturday down south podcast where you can find wherever you get your podcast (laughs) tremendous i mean you guys you get some great guests on there you really do i i appreciate that we've uh we've worked really hard to be able to kind of establish some of those relationships and you know, we're, we're going to have to have you on, man. I mean, geez, goodness gracious, I'm long overdue. We're going to have to chop it up with the man, the myth, the legend himself and do a little little crossover action. Well, Connor, I'm just – I'm holding my breath, man, but it's sounding more and more like I've been vaccinated and all that. Come July, it sounds like we're going to be at SEC Media Days at the Winfrey Hotel, and this thing might start look, getting back to some normalcy, and I can't wait for that. I can't wait to hear you do your, your shaggy imitation. I'm counting down the days, man. Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Yep, appreciate it. All right, bud. SaturdayDownSouth.com uh, is, uh, is the website. Of course, you can find all of Connor's work there and uh, does a great job with the uh, SDS podcast and um, obviously writing for the website does a, a really good job there and really appreciate uh, him coming on. He just did a whole piece on uh, five takeaways for, from Texas A&M their off season and um, you know what to expect with them heading into next year. So uh, appreciate Connor's very busy. Always see him on uh, Paul Feinbaum. He's on there uh, you know once sometimes twice a week talking all things SEC, and we really appreciate him uh, for jumping on with us. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing. We're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC. If you missed any of our podcasts earlier in the week. Uh, Texas A&M offensive lineman Dan Moore joined us, who uh, just got drafted in the fourth round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, legendary author John Grisham joined us uh, this week as well. So, great interviews. If you missed any of them, you can catch them all on the podcast. Just uh, type in LockedOnSEC.com. You'll find all the podcasts right there. Or just search LockedOnSEC wherever you get your podcast. You will find us there. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.